Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast on Tuesday, the 27th of July. I'm joined today by Alyssa Morrison, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi, Alyssa. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm really well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. So um, let's talk. So today, um, we actually agreed on which story we'd like to talk about today, because this is one story which I think has got so much to it. So without further ado, Alyssa, please unveil the story. <laughs> I feel like I need a drum roll. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I haven't got anything here. Hold on. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm trying to do a drum. Anyway, go, go ahead. Very good. So today's story um, yeah. is the China's education sector crackdown. Uh, yeah, we both found that quite interesting. Mm. Um, yes, I mean, the way I see it, I don't mm-hmm. actually see it as a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of, of, of China doing this crackdown on education is to ease homework and after school study hours. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment, the after school tutoring sector um, reached $100 billion, apparently, and online tutoring uh, reached $40 billion. So that's quite a lot of money that, you know, people are spending on extracurricular um, studying. Mm-hmm. Um, and um I remember reading in, in uh, I think it's called Quartz magazine, that um, the Chinese president was saying back in March that this is actually a social problem. And, um, you know, he wants to make the, um, you know, all these companies to, uh, you know, to, uh, the, the, the investing in the, um, in the education sector. You know, he's actually going to say that you can't raise capital in, the, in this sector. And, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's going to ban it from... Uh, 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 from businesses going public um, he wants to kind of get these companies to re-register as non-profit institutions mm-hmm. and um, ban teaching on public holidays and weekends um, so in, in a way it's not you know it's not a bad thing I mean I know sort of historically um, Chinese have always been um, very dedicated to their studies um, mm-hmm. But, you know, in a way, it isn't sort of easing that pressure, perhaps, off children a little bit. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, Mm. I mean, obviously, it's not a very good uh, uh, (laughs) news for the uh, companies that have invested um, Mm -hmm. in the education sector. You know, a lot of Mm. uh, also a lot of uh, people who have actually started their own businesses as uh, for online education who were former school teachers you know mm. all of a sudden they will be losing a lot of money and and um you know not being able to offer as much as they would have wanted because the authorities are telling them not to um mm. so you know it is it is a uh, sort of a hit and miss for me but um overall i don't think it's a uh, too bad of a, of a of a of a crackdown um what mm. about you what do you think Okay, I mean, I I would take a a, a rather different approach to this. So, uh, <laughs> just to just to summarise, um, so these these new regulations that they that the authorities want to bring in are going to stop companies that teach the school curriculum from making profits. Um, also, they will stop them from raising capital 
and listing on overseas stock exchanges, which some of them have all, have already done. And they will not be allowed to get any kind of foreign investment. So mm. that's the that's the big thing. Now, um, from I would have to say that my uh, sort of take on this um, comes from my knowledge of Japan. So some people may or may not know. So I'm half Japanese, um, but, you know, I lived in Japan. I studied in Japan um, and I worked in Japan for quite a long time. And I know that this is China, but I'm just saying as a, you know, it's it's a it's this is this phenomenon of extracurricular studying is not just you know it's it's china it's japan it's south korea as well uh and i'm sure there are other um areas as well that that have this kind of thing but anyway the reason why i'm coming at it like this is because i think that this this um extracurricular cram school kind of culture um is actually it's part of society you know it has been so ingrained for society for so long that I think that this can't this can't change overnight. So I think that there are going to be there's going to be quite a lot of uncertainty um, as a result of this. And I actually think that it's going to make it's going to actually help the rich kids more than it is going to equalise everyone else. Because so the reason why I go go into this is because Asian societies generally are very hierarchical. So it's come from, I guess, Confucianism. You know, it's very, the, the, there's, there's a lot of hierarchy everywhere. So it means that, say, for instance, I'm sorry to use the, you know, parallel of Japan here, but the, in Japan, you know, if, if someone knows that you work in a certain company, they will guess which university that you will have come from because those companies tend to only take people from certain universities. And then again, that will then be, you know, a function of which high school did you go to, which junior high school did you go to, which, so, you know, which schools all the way down. And so as a result of that, there is a huge amount of pressure on all students from a very, very young age to do well so that they can go to the right place on the next stage of the journey and so in order to do in order to facilitate that they then feel that they have to go to cram school so it's not like japanese school you know all these schools are rubbish they're not but the fact is is that the exams are so you know get harder and harder and so there's you require more tutoring and the other thing as well there's a sense of um you know keeping up with your peers um because if one person's going to cram school, then everyone thinks, oh, well, they're going to have an advantage. They're going to be doing OK. So therefore, they'll go to a better school, which will get them a better job. So you then think, well, what can we do? And so they do that. And, you know, we're, what with China's one child policy, you know, one child family policy over the years, this has meant that parents have been pouring more and more money into their one kid um, so that they can do so to try to give them advantages um which is kind of ironic in a way in in a communist society where everyone is supposed to be kind of you know sort of equal but anyway um i think that this is very interesting so so you've got this you've got this going on so it's a cultural thing i don't think that by president Xi um by doing this he's not going to change this overnight so that means that um that i think that rich kids are going to do better because the those who are doing the tutoring have suddenly, I will 
probably I would have thought surely they're going to continue to do it in some form. They're going to have to try and disguise it in some way or something. Um, and so their but their hours will be drastically reduced. And if they're reducing their hours, they're going to charge more. And so the only people that are going to be able to afford it are the rich kids. So I actually think that this may well make things harder um, for for poorer kids to to do as well. Um, so that's one thing. So I think there's a cultural thing here. Um, yeah, and so, but, I mean, um, you, 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 so you mentioned the one child policy. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're now sort of shifted to a two child policy. But I think, um, you know, double, 100 percent increase. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but people are still continuing to just have one child because, as you say, it's so expensive to get mm. them through the schooling system and, um, mm. you know, or, or spending money on all the extra um, mm. uh, education that they're providing their child for them to go to a better university. Um, mm. So, I mean, in a way, this crackdown would surely would ease that. Um, you know, I think it will monetary expense. It it may do, but it's going to take years. Yeah. You know, it's going to take years for it to because I think even having this two child policy, it's had the one child policy for so long. That, that that there is going to be you know there's there is a um a uh demographic time bomb um you know and it's already been happening in in japan it is happening also in china and it will get worse as time goes on but obviously you know it it's it, changing to the two-child policy um is is definitely i mean these these are steps in the right direction in to some extent but they are going to take many many years um to to actually filter through because you've got to then it takes quite some time to actually i would argue to change society's way of thinking um because you know they've that's all everyone's grown up with so um so anyway so uh, so yes i like you say i think i i think that this is um yeah there's a cultural aspect here it's not going to change overnight um but going on to the actual sort of core you know the commercial awareness um sort of mm. side of things um i think this is a nightmare for uh, companies i think this is a nightmare for investors because not only have we seen this um crackdown on on uh, chinese tech companies we are now seeing that that you know this is now spread to the education sector the you know the edu- the online education yeah. sector and you've got lots of big investors who've put money into this um and Interestingly, one of the investors um, in Education Centre is Tencent, which is um, obviously a tech company. Yes, uh, <laughs> and, a, and a much disliked tech company <laughs> yeah. of the administration. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's another way of kicking, giving Tencent a kick, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I so you've got you've got existing um, overseas investors like BlackRock, Bailey Gifford, Sequoia, and. Uh, vision fund um that's that's run by softbank i mean all these companies will suddenly see either the value of their investment just disappear or significantly fall i mean already because what since this the news of this leaked out on the end of last week um the all these kind of china edge ed tech companies um have all just absolutely tanked in terms of their share price and um I would have thought that, uh, generally speaking, if this say happened, let's say the the UK government decided to do turned around and did this, um, they would be taken they would be taken to court. 
But mm. um, I yeah. don't know how that would work with, you know, say, would BlackRock, Bailey, Gifford, Sequoia, etc. get together and try to take the Chinese government to court for changing the rules? Can they do that? Are they likely probably, to do that? Probably, there's probably uh, a policy in the yeah chinese but, uh, <laughs> authorities yeah. that the, 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 that's not allowed so because <laughs> yeah. that like even if they did could they win is it worth it is it going to just be more money after bad should they just give should they just give up and just go well there we go it was always a risk but you never know but i mean mm. this 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 is so not only is this affecting the um you know sentiments on the education sector but also i would argue um, this is really will affect investment in China full stop. I mean, you know, we've got te- tech, we've now got ed tech. I mean, what other, you know, which sector is going to be next is, is the, the other question I, I, well, I'd say you ask. Maybe, I don't know, maybe real estate. You know, they do have high housing prices in China yeah. as well that contribute to, uh, you know, even more spending. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that's that is a very good point. I mean, you you actually identified something there because um, the real estate sector has been very much, you know, very has been really overheated in in the last few years, yeah. and the Chinese government has been really trying to crack down on the amount of debt that well people have, but also um, developers as well. You know, property developers. So I think that this is really, um, you know, that is definitely another sector that that could look a bit, uh, yeah. look a bit tricky. But I mean, this is the thing, you know, the, the, I would have thought that a lot of hedge funds in particular will be trying to think of which companies and, and sectors are next and trying to short them if they can. Um, because this, yeah, this, I think this is going to become a competition now as to who's going to be next for, for the um you know, for the uh, uh, to uh, the next ones to be focused on yes. by the Chinese government. So I, f- I feel like they're really sort of restructuring the whole of their economy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it does does seem like that, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it, it really does. Um, so, um, so sort of going on from that, um, it does make me wonder whether what other implications are there going to be here. So, it makes me wonder whether uh, other ed tech companies within the region are they going to see an uptick in interest because in investor interest because if the uh investors now think okay well we can't do anything in china what about if you know maybe we should come stay in the region because it's still a, a growth area because I think, you know, I mean, I, I can certainly say from my point of view as well, having gone through lockdown, obviously, last year and um, failing miserably at uh, trying to homeschool our kids. And I say that <laughs> it's really my wife that that, 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 that did this. What, the failed um, miserably. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I failed miserably. I failed miserably. She did. As, she did a good job. Right. But the thing is, um, from talking to a lot of our friends, um, who, with kids and being in the same kind of position, a lot of the 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 treatment or you know the way that um, schools acted over lockdown has varied wildly, and it's not always necessarily like state sector being bad and independent sector being good. I mean, I've heard cases of like independent sector being absolutely excellent. Everything's been online, and it's been 
virtually the same as what it would have been at school. But then I've heard other places which have been absolutely useless and, and you know, you're mm. paying a lot of money for it. But then on the other hand, mm. you know, you've got, again, a variant um, with, with, within the state sector. So, I mean, I, you know, our, our kids go to uh, state school and theirs was sort of all right. But, but they, you know, fortunately, they also gave us access to a private company's database and things so we could use that as well. But, you know, um, I think that um, lockdown has really brought into focus the benefits of um, online education because it's not all perfect. But, you know, I think if you can have a, 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 a really good blending of offline and online resources, actually it could be really good you know for people because some people actually will learn better they feel you know if they've got a bit more time to be able to do stuff in their own time with the education resources online that will enhance what is being taught to them on a in a um you know on a direct face-to-face capacity so if that's the case um i would suggest um and this is only because i kind of know these companies but um so for instance in japan there's a company called benesse which you've, you, most people will have, um, over here will never have heard of, but it is a massive company, um, and it you know owns, um, for instance, for those who know this, um, Berlitz, the brand Berlitz, which is specialises in in language teaching, um, for instance. But um, yes, this is an example of a big uh, uh, education uh, company that is not Chinese. Um, uh, so maybe some of these companies outside China will see uh, inflows of money from investors who want to invest in the actual theme of uh, online, uh, you know, online education. But there you go. Um, Deep stuff for a Tuesday, Um, (laughs) you know, talking about the future of education uh, globally um, and also whether it's right to change the rules for investors like this. Um, But anyway, um, yeah. I guess well, who that, will benefit in in the yeah. long run? You know, is it the children or you know? Yeah, I, I think un- I think unfortunately, you know, um, it's it could be the children that will not will, that will suffer, um, but I think it's increasingly potentially up to the parents to make sure that you know the journey, the education that their ju- their child's journey takes um, is you know is is a good one and you know they're just going to have to deal with what with what they're you know with what they've got and do the best they can um because i think that the, you know this all of this is is has created a lot of um i'd say uncertainty in the delivery and also i think a lot of uncertainty in in terms of the of how to judge how well someone is doing how much they're learning you know all the you know um uh, exam uncertainty all that kind of stuff yeah. I mean, it's it's thrown a lot of things into into doubt in my mind so yeah so there we go um on that philosophical note um we will say that uh, we'll leave, leave it there um i just um wanted to say that reiterate tonight um i'm doing a uh, an overview of um of july uh, so far in terms of um, you know, the uh, financial markets and business uh, uh, developments. Um, and I will do, be doing that with Jake Shogger, who will be giving uh, an overview from a, uh, of that from a legal perspective. So um, if you do have time, uh, please, uh, please, uh, you know, register 
Um, so you can register using um, the link on our link tree, um, on our social media um, uh, uh, bits. Uh, but also you can go to Commercial Law Academy on LinkedIn and you'll find the details on there as well. So that's tonight, five o'clock. You have to register to be able to listen into it. Um, and uh, yeah, so there you go. But anyway, thank you very much indeed, Alyssa, for t for your time thank today. Thank you. No problem. Um, and well, thank uh, you for the listeners. Thank, indeed. Thank you for the listeners, as always, for supporting. So thank you very much indeed. We'll be back tomorrow and uh, uh, hope you have a lovely day uh, in between. Many thanks. Bye. Speak then. Bye. Bye.